Great, it's just loading. Um, great, I think we're live. Hi everyone and welcome to Online Events Made Simple Live. I'm Rianne and I'm the Marketing and Events Manager at EventMind and today I'm joined with Lizzie Wanell. Lizzie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, thank you for having me today. Um, I'm Lizzie Wanell. I am an Event Operations Manager at a company called Sastock. So uh, we basically put on B2B um, events for SaaS companies um, and help them gain traction, scale and grow pretty much. Mm, sounds super interesting. And I bet you've been so busy the past year. Um, for the event organisers listening, I'm sure they know, but explain to me what SaaS is, because I see it a lot on my timeline on LinkedIn, online. And if you're new to kind of events or event technology, you're a bit like, what is this acronym? <laughs> Yeah, I thought that as well when I first joined. Um, so it's uh, software as a service. It's the kind of way to know what a SaaS company is, is you pay a subscription for it. Um, we primarily yeah. do work in the B2B industry. So we work with companies, uh, or previously we worked with like Slack, uh, Google Cloud, all sorts of those kind of things. Um, but, you know, if it's B2C, then it would be um, Netflix or Spotify. Yeah, no, definitely. That's the easiest way of putting it. I feel like if I was explaining it, I would be here for like 10 minutes just trying to get my words out. <laughs> so no, that sounds super interesting. So tell me more about kind of who your client base is and how, well, how you get business. How do you work? Because I know the SaaS industry is growing, um, maybe not all so successfully, which I know is mentioned on your website. So tell me how your company actually works and how people actually get things out of it. Yeah, so um, we have a sales team and they basically, they go out to SaaS companies and uh, offer them, you know, event packages and they come and exhibit at our events. So we primarily uh, work with them to get new leads, uh, to yeah. work with their companies, that kind of thing. Um, we also give them a lot of exposure through uh, talking packages. So we offer keynotes mm. or firesides. Um, we have previously offered a lot of workshops, but we found that due to, you know, it's difficult to do workshops in a virtual world because you can't get the so same hard, yeah. interaction. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're kind of focusing now more towards keynotes, panels, fireside chats, that sort of thing. So it's a lot about uh, gaining leads for the company or um, exposure. And um, that's primarily for our sponsors, but for mm. our attendees, it's kind of a bit of a difference. So we really try to focus on actionable content from our sponsors and something that attendees can, you know, they take away and implement the practices that these experts are offering. They offer up you know, like successful business tips. They uh, offer up their previous mistakes so that attendees can learn what to do, what not to do. Mm. But what we try and give them is uh, essentially like a little workbook they, they can use in their own business. I think that sounds great. And especially with the amount of B2B companies out there now, it can be so daunting knowing how to grow, how to scale. Um, so I think that sounds great. And also, I know you touched on the work, kind of a workbook. I think that is such a great idea because especially if you're new to the industry, you're kind of like, where do I start? How can I get my name out there? And I think generating leads as well. I mean, the past year has obviously been difficult for everyone where maybe we're not generating as leads as we want or not receiving as many clients as we want. So I think that sounds so, so needed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, you know, with the, with the pandemic, it has meant that there are so many SaaS companies out there now. The market is so uh, saturated. Mm. It's difficult to make yourself stand out and find your own niche. So 
this is kind of like the angle that we go down and make sure that the companies have the right product market fit before they go to market and have the right people to pitch their um, company to, that sort of thing. Definitely. And you touched on something really great there. It's such a saturated market. I mean, I think like any market now, everyone is just kind of wanting to try things, <laughs> new things, you know, try it out. What advice do you have for companies out there who maybe they set up a company, a SaaS company, and they're, you know, it's not going so well or they're not getting as many leads as they want other than of course they <laughs> reach out to you um I think you know do keep going um it, it is difficult but it's um you've got to learn through the process so yeah. you're not going to go to market and get thousands of leads and thousands of customers straight away you have to build your community you have to build your current client base yeah. really improve what you're doing for them and then expand from there. Definitely. I mean, it is such a growing market. And I mean, how have you found it as a company this past year? Because it's been tricky, whether you're B2B, B2C, volunteering, it's been so tricky trying to build a community. But it definitely sounds like your organization is kind of focused around community building with the membership, which I think is nice. Yeah, we have. We kind of implemented the membership thing more this year because we know how important it is to have a community and yeah. now that we're all so disconnected not just at work but you know with friends or um any in any aspect of your life we're so disconnected we're all stuck at home so offering this community is something that's really important because we want people to be able to connect with their peers and network mm. and you know we're not alone in this and that's what the community kind of offers it's peer-to-peer -peer networking that um, shows that other people are having the same problems as you and it's okay to have those problems and you can often kind of find a solution just by talking to somebody else who's having the same issue as you. So true I think this year has actually really taught us all to kind of just talk openly with people who we may not have spoke to before speak to other people in industry and, and I think it's so nice community is such a big thing this year I think. Um, and I know alongside from your kind of membership, um, helping others out, you also organize conferences um, and conferences maybe have been a bit of a tricky one this past year because they've not been able to happen in real life like we're used to. How have you found that side of things? Because obviously to be told nearly a year ago now, you know, no live events can happen, kind of scary. Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely a shock. So Last year, we planned to do a conference in um, Sao Paulo, then in San Francisco, Dublin, wow. and Singapore. And, um, you know, one of the benefits of doing worldwide conferences is you get to go there. So, yeah, a lot exactly. of the stuff, yeah, we were all gutted that we didn't get to do mm -hmm. that. So, we did pivot all of those conferences online. Um, and it was, it was a it was a big shock, you know, because we mm. we had everything lined up for the year. We we were so set and focused on doing this these uh, in person conferences, and then having to kind of cut the cord at the last minute and suddenly pivot. Yeah, that that was a big thing, and um, you know, we did end up partnering with an incredible online events platform, Hopin. We mm. have worked with them for the past year. They're fantastic. They offer so many things, and I think. Um, without them, potentially our conferences wouldn't be quite as good because we wouldn't have all the same things that we like to offer at our in-person events. Um, yeah. We offer a lot of networking at our in-person events and they have the speed networking aspect on their platform. 
Um, you know, we've got multiple stages and now Hopping can do multiple stages. So, um, yeah, I think without the, that particular virtual event platform, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what direction we would have gone in, but um, it, was, it was a big thing. It was a big move. Yeah. And how do you find the research into event technology platforms? Because I know it can be so daunting. The event organizers we speak to are like, where do I start? There's so many on the market now, especially from just the past year. There's been so many more. Again, it's becoming a saturated market. Where did you start and what challenges did you face? Because I'm sure you faced a couple along the way. Honestly, it was a Google search. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a Google, and I had a look there, and we looked at loads of other ones that were on offer. Um, the CEO of Hopin um, was talking to the CEO of Sastock, mm. and um, I think that's how we kind of we got the demo, and that's how we spoke to them and started working with them. Um, but for looking at other event platforms, it's definitely you've you've got to book in as many demos as you can and you know it is quite time consuming but doing a google search and speaking to other event planners as well and finding out what platforms they're using that's really important yeah definitely and a little plug here for anyone who is listening we are bringing out dashboard the directory which is a one-stop place to find event platforms so stay tuned on our socials because we're having a launch evening tomorrow um, but I think it can be so daunting. I know there was kind of some stats out there how event organizers spend like over 16 hours on demos, which is two working days, which makes me feel quite sick because that is so long just yeah. to do some research. I think a lot of people kind of think, you know, you just go on one demo and everything's fine. But like you said, you need to find the one and you definitely have found the one. So that's good. Yeah, I think um, the fact that you said it's 16 working hours, I hadn't realized that it was so many Um and Sastock actually run a four-day work week, so that is half of my week. Wow. That is scary. That's horrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so many assets out there now to kind of narrow down the search, which is good. And what challenges did you face? I mean, did you go on a few demos and thought, you know, this really isn't for me? Maybe not you personally, but maybe someone in the company. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there was, we want to make the events online as Sastocky as possible yeah um so we want to be able to white label it and put our own colors on it and particularly at the beginning when uh virtual event platforms weren't quite as advanced as they were now because they didn't have the engineers they had just launched um there wasn't the need for them previously whereas there is now mm. so you know it, it they were quite limited and it was definitely being able to put our own colors on and customize it a little bit and um I think at the beginning there there were kinks in lots of platforms that I yeah. looked at and they've now been ironed out. So it was definitely the fact that um, lots of event platforms perhaps weren't as advanced as we were hoping that they would be. But, mm. you know, there wasn't the need for them previously. So why would why would they know what to put onto their platform? Exactly. I think it can be daunting. But again, I think a lot of people we spoke to have just said trial and error, like, like anything yeah. you know if you hold an event in a venue you might hold it and think actually no that really wasn't great but you don't know until you've tried so I think that's a really good point there and I mean where do you see the future of events going obviously for you you know you want to travel like everyone else um, <laughs> and you probably want to travel to these lovely places to hold the conferences but how have your clients and your audience kind of reacted to virtual have they liked it are they not too sure I think being um you know, marketing SaaS companies, we've got a slight advantage because we are the tech industry. We're, 
you know, we spend our lives on our computers, which, you know, has its disadvantages (laughs) as well. Um, But with that being said, I think that that possibly benefited us over perhaps a music industry events company. Yeah. Because we're used to being on our computers all the time and the product that that companies come to our events to sell or market um it is a a thing that you look at your computer on so I think in that sense the audience responded pretty well Mm. um you know I don't think virtual events are going to go away um I think they are here to stay they'll definitely phase out a little bit and maybe there will be slightly fewer of them just after the pandemic because I know that we're all absolutely gagging to get back to (laughs) events Um, But, you know, hybrid events are going to be a massive thing now because uh, the wonderful thing about virtual events is that you can connect with people all over the world. Um, So, you know, I've been I'm in based in London and uh, I've been connecting people in Australia or in San Francisco. Uh, Yeah, it's one of the most fantastic things. Mm. And I think that is the best thing about being able to do virtual events is because you can market them to uh, countries that you're not in and it's also it's such a uh, different cost wise because you're not having to fly the team out there or hire any venues mm. or anything and it's you do when you subscribe to an online events platform you kind of use them for all of your events pretty much so you're yeah. it's almost like a single cost whereas venues it's little things here and there and that sort of thing absolutely um, and that links to the whole sustainability thing which is so big at the moment and I know people are saying you know Virtual events aren't sustainable as you think, but also I think they are because like you said, normally you'd get a flight, you'd then pay for a hotel, then you'd have to eat out. I mean, it all builds up, doesn't it? And like at virtual, uh, sorry, live events, you're providing coffee, snacks, tea. Mm. It's so surprising where the money used to just go with live events, I think. Yeah, it's so it's so easy to kind of dribble away at little bits here and there because mm. you think, oh, you know, what's a three dollar coffee but when you're buying that for 500 plus people that's a lot of money exactly Um, whereas virtual events somebody just pops their kitchen and gets their own coffee and sits down with their food and watches your your content so I think that's definitely a benefit definitely and how did you find it from the kind of organizational perspective because I know a lot of people saying virtual events take so much more organization however I think the main reason for that is getting your head around the actual platform, which can be so terrifying. Um, But once you've got your head around it, like anything, I feel like it just comes naturally and it will just get better over time. How have you found that? Yeah, to be honest, I completely agree with that statement. I think um, at the beginning, there was so much to learn and we had to spend so much time researching how to do things and how to help speakers deliver their talk live because they're so used to being a 3D animated person rather than somebody through a screen Um, and at the beginning a lot of speakers perhaps didn't have the setup that they do now because they didn't realize the importance of it Mm. Um, so that was one thing we had to learn and you know learning how to use the platform as well and learning how to work remotely and work without your manager in the same room as you to ask little questions here and there so you know the communication between the team had to go up by like 90% because when you're in office, you have the kind of offhand questions that you just ask in person, but now it's all over Slack or it's all over Zoom. So yeah. that's really important. But Very um, different. I think with virtual events, you know, like 95% of the organization happens 
prior to the event and then you the event is the five percent whereas in-person events there's so much more organization on the day of the setup or pre-setup yeah. that sort of thing and if something goes wrong at a live event it's quite I'm not going to say easy but it's there's a fix because you're there and you can see yeah. the problem and you know you know how to react to it but mm. with virtual events one of the other difficulties was um, sorting out people's internet connections and you can't fix somebody's internet yeah exactly more of an external issue than your own and I think that's such a good point actually I never thought of it that way but live events you can physically see if there's an issue with virtual you know it tends to be like an email saying you know do you realize this isn't working to make you realize like oh crap yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and exactly. what um what advice would you say for event organizers who might be listening who maybe they've organized a virtual event or maybe they haven't yet and they just they don't know where to start (laughs) um I think you know do your research on the virtual event platforms find one that you like you think will work for your attendees and um, one that the team will work with you and you have a good relationship with your customer success manager because that is so important like on um we've got a slack group with our team on hopping so I'm always talking to our customer success manager like please can you help me with this yeah (laughs) so having that communication with them is really important um and I think go to other virtual events see what they're doing see what you like see what you can pick out as well um it's difficult to be creative in a virtual event because it's it's you know it's 2d it's just on a screen um yeah so finding things from other events that you like is also really important I think it's kind of copying but there's, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, there's yeah. not many new ideas under the sun anymore. So it's yeah. It's, yeah. I think that's such a great idea. And Lizzie, it's been so lovely speaking to you. I could speak for hours. Like I said before, we went live. I kind of ramble on a bit. It's been <laughs> so nice speaking to you. Where can people come and find you if they want to maybe find out some advice or they just have some questions about how your company works? Yeah, you can definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody on there. Or I've also got Twitter as well. Uh, my handle is just Lizzie1L and my uh, LinkedIn is just Lizzie1L as well. Nice and simple. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> it's been so nice speaking to you. And for any event organisers listening, um, if you're listening live, then tomorrow we have a Dashboard the Directory live launch event over where you're watching this now. So over on our Facebook page, 6 till 7pm. So we'll see you there. And if you have any questions, then reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. My name is Rianne Ferry. And we'll see you all next Wednesday. Have a lovely Easter. Bye. Thank you.